you have a Bible, open it up if you would to um, Daniel chapter 12, Daniel chapter 12 if you would, and then also Revelation chapter 12, Daniel chapter 12, uh, turn there, amen, Daniel chapter 12 and look at verse number 3, Daniel chapter 12 and look at verse number 3, Daniel 12 verse 3, and it says, and they that be wise, it says, and they that be wise, shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And it says, And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Now notice here at the end times, you say, how do you know it's end? Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. It says, They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. If you play it smart, you may kind of look stupid to the world if you're passing out tracks like a bunch of us were last night. And you may look, they may, you, the world may look at you and think your cheese is falling out of your sandwich. Are you listening? But that don't mean God thinks that way. Right, and he that wins souls is wise. It says, they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. It's like you'll stand out. You'll stand out in the crowd. And, uh, they, and, and they that turn many to righteousness... As the stars forever and ever. Who's it talking to? Thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. The Bible's almost done now. We're almost done with the, what the Bible says is going to happen. Are you listening? It, not really. Well, yeah. It says, Thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro. That's what they're doing now. They're just going here and there, man, running everywhere like never before. And knowledge shall be increased. We're seeing the Bible come true in front of our eyes. It's right here, time of the end. And it talks about those that are wise. Look at verse 10, Daniel 12, 10. Many that shall be purified and made white and tried. It says, but the wicked shall do wickedly. What are wicked people going to do? It says they're going to do wicked. You figured it out? I don't know if I want to spend too long talking about it. Hey, listen to me. It says the wicked shall do wickedly. Is that what they're doing? And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. I'd rather be on the wise side than the wicked side. How about that? Take your Bible and look back a chapter. What's this talking about? Look at verse 28. Daniel 11, 28. Then shall he return into his land with great riches. Talking about the Antichrist. And his heart shall be against the holy covenant. What? His heart shall be against the holy covenant, and he shall do exploits. 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 Notice that word, exploits. And it says, and return to his own land. Who's this guy coming in behind? Verse number 20, shall stand up in his state a razor of taxes. We're there, folks. We done got the razor of taxes going. I mean, it's been here for a little while. Hey, the, the, uh, and, and the Bible prophesies the way this whole thing is going to come down. And it says here, this guy will be, he'll do, he'll, he'll do exploits, return to his own land. Look at verse 36, Daniel eleven thirty six. This is Mr. 666. And the king shall do according to his own will, and he shall exaltify, exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that that is determined shall be done. We're not going to stop this thing from happening. 
hey, listen, they're coming out, they're coming out now, and they call it the Great Reset. There are people that have been behind the scenes the whole time that are now coming out and openly telling us what they're going to do in this world, what they're going to do with our country, and it ain't good. And you're not going to be able to stop it. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Hey, uh, we're close. We're close. And it says, that that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers. This guy doesn't have old-time religion. Oh, no nor the desire of women. He's not straight. He's gay. It says it right there in verse 37. Now, I mean, that's why it says in Luke 17, when right before Jesus comes as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And then it says it'll be as it was in the days of Lot. What were they doing in Lot's day? I mean, the Tinkerbells were kicking up fairy dust all over the place back then. And that, and, and that thing's been resurrected. And it says, he'll magnify himself above all, and his estate shall he honor the God of forces. May the force be with you. It was like the, the way the theme was in all the old Star Wars movies. Hey, listen to me. This whole thing is coming together. Mr. 666 is about to show up. Hey, listen to me. But you know what? I don't want to talk about him this morning. I like to talk about Mr. 777. I'm talking about there's two teams here. The song says there's, there's, there's a force that's out there. The devil and his men and his workers, they're out there trying to damn the souls of men. Hey, listen, I want to be on God's team. I'm pulling for God's team. I'm pulling for Jesus' team. Hey, Mr. 777 already showed up one time. We like what he did when he came the first time. I'm on the winning side. Amen. I got the right player on my team. It all comes down. Hey, listen to me. He's already been here one time, and he got the job done. He did everything it was predicted he would do, and then some, some, and then he did something for you, and he did something for me personally when he took my place on that old rugged cross. Are you listening to me? He's already been here, and he's about to come again. He's about to come again, and Mr. 666 wants to upstage him. That's all he's trying to do. He's a counterfeit. He wants to mess the thing up. There's always two opposing forces. And what he's going to try to do, him and his men are working hard. And they're doing exploits. They're doing. They're exploiting people. And they're getting ready to take people to hell with them. Hey, we ought to be as busy trying to get people to heaven as he is trying to take people to hell. Are you listening to me? We ought to be as busy trying to take people home with us as he is trying to take people home with him. His day, his big day's coming. He's going to have a chapter or two. We're not going to be able to stop that. But this shouldn't be scary talk if you know your Bible. Thy word's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I thank God I got this old Bible. Or I'd be fooled like a lot of other people were. I don't blame them. They just don't know the book. God, I mean, I can see whatever step I'm taking, whether it's right or wrong from this book, and I can see it's a high beam headlight that shows me way ahead. Oh, 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 I knew this was coming. The old time preachers preached this would happen. They they already told me about this. Of course it's going to get, hey, what do you think it's going to be like before Mr. 666 shows up? What do you think it's going to be like right before the rapture? If you know what happens right after the rapture, you think it's, hey, it could get rough. The thing could get a little rougher too. It said they'll be tried and purified and made white, but they'll understand. 
I'm glad I got a Bible. I'm glad I got this old King James. I'm glad I got this old Blackback 66. And it tells me the beginning from the end. And you know what? I like Mr. 777. Seven is a lot better number than six. Are we listening? Are you listening? Seven's a lot better number. God does things. He counts by sevens and he counts by twelves. Uh, uh, man, Gentiles, Gentiles, we do it backwards. We count by tens because it's easier to count that way. And we count by sixes. I mean, there's 60 seconds in a minute and 60 minutes in an hour. And we do all kinds of things with the computers. They land right on the six deal. Right now, up in the, at the, at the uh, General Assembly meeting room, in New York City for United Nations, guess what they got? Guess what they just found out? There's a 666 chair that's been there for years that's sitting in the UN building. There's not been a monarch, a king, a president, an ambassador, someone that came in famous and made a speech ever at the United Nations building. I've always been suspicious of that outfit because of their stance against Israel. There's never been one person that's ever sat in that chair. You can't sit there. We're waiting on that guy. Hey, listen, the world is more ripe and ready to receive the Antichrist than a lot of people are to receive Christ. A lot of people there, a lot of Christians, it's like we're late in the fourth quarter in anybody's book that knows this book. We're in the, we're in the uh, lukewarm Laodicean church age as a whole. We're in the 11th hour, if we've ever been there, if we're working for Jesus Christ. And, and, and we're late in the fourth quarter in anybody's book that knows this book. And we're in the last of the last days. And a lot of Christians know it's close. They're looking up. They're looking at the scoreboard. Hey, man, we're running out of time. Well, you ain't lying. I need to get back out on the field if we ever needed some young people to step up and say, hey, Coach Jesus, put me in the game. It's right now. I'm preaching to you today. If we ever needed some older uh, players to get back on the field and say, hey, I won't be on the field. I want to be running what doing what you want me to do when you come, helping our team move the chains. It's now. Mr. 777 was already here one time. I'm looking for him. I'm looking for him. I'm looking for what he's going to do. Listen to this. When Jesus came the first time, he went, he went in the four Gospels, it's recorded. It's just per, he was perfect. He goes by the wayside seven times going after the lost in the four Gospels. He goes by the seaside seven times trying to reach the lost. He goes to the desert seven times soul winning trying to reach the lost. He goes to the riverside seven times trying to reach the lost. He goes to somebody's bedside seven times going after lost people. He goes up on the mountainside seven times going after the lost. And he goes on the hillside, on, on the hill he died on. He, he got about half the people up there saved that weren't saved. The other half turned him down. But that guy on the right side of Calvary, he had to be on the right side, amen. He's on the right side of Calvary. He got saved. Hey, Jesus goes on the hillside seven times, seven different times, seven different places. He would go, and he'd go to those places, and he hit them all seven times when he was here. Mr. 777's already been here. He's coming back. I'm looking for him. And you know what? I can sit here and talk about Mr. 666. I think I've done it before. But, hey, I don't want to spend all my time talking about the devil. Hey, how about the Lord? How about the Lord's team? We need to be doing something for the Lord. Look at Daniel 11.32. Daniel 11.32. Look what it says. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? 
it says there, I'm sorry about that. Isn't it something that it says the Antichrist and his team, they're going to be doing exploits? But if you're a Christian cowboy, you can do some exploits too. It says the people that do know their God, is that where you're at today? Do you know the Lord today? Hey, listen, you can be strong. We don't need weak Christians. We need strong Christians. Some Christians are like this. They remind me of Paul Revere's wife. Well, who's that? Don't you remember who Paul Revere was? Went Paul Revere's wife. Don't you know who that story? Paul Revere comes in, and he comes in that night kind of excited. He gets off his horse, runs in the house. He says, the British are coming. The British are coming. The British are coming. And she says, Paul Revere's wife says, I don't care who you say is coming. It's my night to use the horse. That's where a lot of Christians are at. They don't care who's coming. Jesus is coming. They're going to go on as business as usual. But notice that if you know your God and you're strong, it says you'll do exploits. What's the title of your message today? I'm giving you the title at the end of it. My title is supposed to give it at the beginning. My title is you need to risk it to get the biscuit. What? It says if you're if you know God, you're God. You know, we okay, preacher? I'm in trouble here. Uh, we okay? If you if you need to be strong and you need to go for it, That's right. huh? Hey, listen to me. It's not three yards in a cloud of dust now, man. We're past in the big scheme of things. We're way deep in the fourth quarter. We're running out of time. It's time if you got a trick play up your sleeve. If you got a play you've been working on, you got something you've been thinking about doing for the Lord. It's time right now to go ahead and step up and do it. Question: When's the last time you did something for Jesus for the very first time? Uh-oh, uh-oh, you done quit preaching and you went to meddling. You need to risk it if you're going to get the biscuit. Say amen right there. That's good. That's good preaching even if I ain't done yet. Hey, listen to me. You need to risk it. You need to take a chance. Bobby Robertson, the preacher down there in Walkertown, North Carolina, we got to be around him several different times in meetings, and, and uh, the Lord blessed us. And that old man said this. He's in heaven now. He said, you got to have a little dare in you to be a good Christian. It's called sanctified common sense. But you need to take a calculated risk and do something for Jesus Christ. We were in Midland, Texas. We were in Midland, Texas in uh, the last, I believe it was the last week of April and this, earlier this year. And the pastor there had, been, had a church. He'd been going nine years. They met five years, preacher, in a backyard. They didn't even have a building. You couldn't get a building. Whereas Midland... Midlands in West Texas, I don't know how many people I've run into in all different kinds of places and I ask them, where are y'all headed? You read them in a gas station or something? They said, oh, we're headed to Midland. I said, I know where you're going. You're going to get the job. It's boomer bus. It's a big oil town. You can smell it 100 miles away, the oil out there. If, even if it's bust for a little while, it's going to be boom again. Everybody goes there to get a job. Well, he couldn't get a building. You couldn't get a building. So they met in the backyard. Finally, a miracle story that God gave them a building, and they started packing that thing out, and the Lord blessing that preacher, and he said, I want you to come in, start Wednesday night, and go through Sunday, and we're going to have a little soul winning deal, and we're going to go soul winning each night, and on Saturdays, we didn't no sooner get there. A young man named Enrique, 19 years old, he led his dad to Christ. Enrique had just been saved three whole months. 
He didn't know the Bible. He didn't know how to backwards and forwards and barely how to. But boy, there had been such a change in his life. His daddy was unchurched. His daddy didn't want to be around the church at all. But he saw that change in that boy. He started listening. Hey, listen to me. He got saved and he got baptized. Enrique said, man, that feels good. Man, I got to see my dad get saved. And on Saturday, we were all planning on going. And man, you had the big thing. We was all had a bunch of them going out. Y'all had a bunch go out last night. That's good. That's good what you did last night. That's good stuff getting those tracks out. That's real good. The Lord's pleased with that. Are you listening to me? Hey, we went out that Saturday and I said, oh man, we didn't know it, but Spider-Man was scheduled to come to Midland, Texas. Spider-Man from Hollywood was coming to Midland. What's he going to do? Everybody in Midland's going and getting this big old gathering. Thousands and tens of thousands of people coming and they want to get his autograph to see Spider-Man. Now this really wasn't Spider-Man the actor. This was his stunt double. So he dressed like Spider-Man. I think he should have got, I don't know who got the money, but I think he should have got the money, not Spider-Man. What do you think? The A-list actor should have been, oh, he didn't do nothing. The stuntman's the guy that does all the hard, heavy lifting. And so he's there, and man, he's got his uniform on, his Spider-Man deal, and all these people are looking and watching him, and then they're getting his autograph. That boy, Enrique, he said, I'm going to get him saved. He's a young Christian. He's on fire. A lot of Christians say, oh, you need to calm down, son. You're not going to get Spider-Man saved. Don't tell him. He started praying. How are we going to get to him? He prayed, he prayed, he prayed. He waited in that line. He waited in that line. We went other places. He was, I'm staying in line. He comes back. He waits to be the last guy in the line. When everybody gets done, he hits him. He said, well, I guess you want to get my autograph. He said, no, I don't. I didn't, come to get, I didn't wait in line for that at all. He said, I'm going to give you something. i got to ask you a question. If you died today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? You could have died. You could have dropped dead on all, scaling all those buildings and swinging on those cranes. He named all the, He said, man, you could have died. You know you could have. Where would you have gone? Would you have gone to heaven or are you going to hell, wouldn't you? Yes, sir, I would have. He said, you don't know how bad of a man I am. He said, let me show you how to get to heaven. I ain't been saved very long. And he led Spider-Man to the Lord. We got back and couldn't believe it. He wasn't done, though. Somebody would have retired. I led Spider-Man across. I'm not going to let no soul. I done won the big one. And, 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 but he said, no. And as soon as he got done, a big old bus, tour bus looking thing comes in, a million-dollar bus, and it was Midland Lee High School. That was where he went to high school. This 19-year-old boy goes, I know that bus. And here's this super nice bus, Midland Lee football bus, comes in there, and as soon as that thing hit, he said, I'm going to get him. I'm getting everybody in that bus. I'm getting that coach. And he pulls in, and they're having like a private session to meet with Spider-Man after everybody else. I don't know if Spider-Man wants to get their autograph because they're pretty good. That's a powerhouse football team out there, you know. Or, or you know, Friday Night Lights and stuff. Yeah, or, or they're going to get Spider-Man's. They're probably going to get Spider-Man's. He sees that bus pull up there, and they hit those airbags like that. And when that door opened, that young man was ready. He had his feet shod with the preparation of the gospel piece. He gave that guy, the coach, because the first one off, he gave him a track, and he said, you remember me? I went to your school. Yeah, I think I remember you. He said, I know you. I sat in your classes. He said, but I wasn't saved. I'm going to ask you something I never asked you back then. If you died like you are today, do you, would you go to heaven? You'd go to hell, wouldn't you? He goes, yeah, I would. He started tearing into him. He had no soul winning training classes, nothing. He started tearing into him, giving him Bible verses, and that coach said, hold it, hold it, hold it. He said, there's some more people here near to sit hear this. He got his whole, all 22 players off that bus. Marshman said, y'all do what I tell you. He said, before we see Spider-Man, he said, I've already, he's already talked to Spider-Man. He said, yeah, I already showed Spider-Man. Spider-Man got saved. 
what? He said, line them up on the side of the bus. You tell them what you're going to tell me. He started preaching to them and gave every one of them a track. And nine of those big old starting football, starting offense, starting defense of the 22 players were there. None of them got saved and that head coach got saved because that boy said, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to take a chance. I, I, wish we had some, I wish we had some Enriques around in, in every church. Amen. We, that, I admire that, man. That took guts. We get there. We had prayer late that Saturday night with the men. And, and well, we knew the Lord was going to do something. We'd put out flowers and invitations to come on that Sunday on their big day and man when we got there we couldn't believe it. me and Janie were about to jump out of our skin my family was we, there were, you couldn't get a seat and I didn't have been to that church but there wasn't one seat in the whole place you could get just a young church going and that pastor told me he said you better preach he whispered to me he said you better preach good he said, I've, I've, seen, I've never seen so many visitors in our church ever. He said, I want to preach to them myself. And he said, no pressure, but you better, draw, you better get the job done. I said, I got you, preacher. And, man, we tore in right before I started to preach. At 11 o'clock, 11.15, here comes five teenagers walking in. Somebody had invited. And when they walked in, the ushers did a good job. They did a good job this morning, didn't they? Those ushers did where it's played it smart. You've got to be wise to get people saved. They moved those five teen, public school teens right to the front row right over here. They set them down. Hey, if you want to get an open seat, get the front row. That's a, that's a sacred place that Baptists don't sit. Amen. It's too holy. Amen. Hey, listen. We, they sat them down there. There was five. And these, five, these public school teens, there were three girls and two boys. They had pink hair, purple hair, orange hair. I mean, crazy. They probably think I look crazy because I have, my eyebrows don't match, you know. And, 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 and they had crazy clothes and tattoos all over them. And the boys, I mean, they look rough. A couple of those boys, one of those boys, I feel sorry for him. He looked like he tripped and fell right into my tackle box face first with my open tackle box and came back out and had a couple of my lures hanging on the side of his head. I said, man, that hurts looking at that thing. Have y'all seen that guy before? There was two of them walk in like that and those two girls and they sat there and they were staring me down. I'm thinking, I'm licking my chops. Brother Jimmy, I'm sitting there going, man, Lord help us. And man, I cut, I, I, I preached on Calvary and the crucifixion and, and, and how Jesus saves and the blood. And when I got done, people started coming and getting saved. And, man, it was a blessing, man. People were getting saved everywhere, all over that building. And the pastor said, man, we got to have some more personal workers. And he said, Miss Reed, could you come and help? My wife was sitting over here. He said, could you come and help quietly, you know, and help deal with these girls? And she's ready. She's prepared. She's trained. And she goes down to the end of the aisle, and there they are. They didn't have far to go to get the altar. They was on the front row. Buddy, that was smart for the mushers. Hey, listen to me. They got saved. They were getting saved. And she dealt with them and led them to Christ. And when she got done, what's your name? Got their name down. You got to take their name. And Jesus writes them in heaven. We got to write them down down here. And he said, what's your name? What's your name? She says, Jezebel. And my wife is trained, and she wasn't about to. That's a Bible name. What kind of mom would think to name their daughter that? She didn't say that way. She said, what's your last name? And the girl Jezebel gives her last name. And Jezebel gets saved. What, what about her mom? What about her dad? She told Janie, she leaped. She said, my mom died when I was three. My dad's in prison. That's what's wrong with America. Those young people can be reached. She gets saved. She, well, they probably didn't. All five of them got saved. They, you say, they probably didn't mean it. Maybe they didn't. But just a little while later in the day, they got baptized, all five of them. You know what that was? That was a church that said, we're going to do some exploits. 
We're going to try something a little bit different because we want to see people saved. How about that? We're up in, we, I mean, January 1, whatever, this year, we get a phone call from one of my old preacher friends. And this preacher I knew, he said, guess what? I just got voted in to be the pastor up here in Salisaw, Oklahoma. I said, where's Salisaw? He said, well, it's on the map. I, I, I never heard of it. He said, uh, I want you, we're taking you on for support. Under one, I'm thinking, hallelujah, thank you, brother. He said, our church has voted to take you on for support, but under one condition. I said, what's that? I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> he said, you got to come to be at our sir in a, one of our Sunday morning services at the soonest open date you got. You got to give me that date. You got to come to Salisaw. He said, we're going to have a special day. We're going to see some people saved. And I said, well, I've got May 1st open. He said, do we take it? We drove in there. We'd never been to that city. We drove in there. We got there Saturday. We have a monster truck, inflatable now. It's gigantic. We got three obstacle courses. We got two football bungee runs. I don't know, and they're all brand new. God just keeps dumping them on us. I don't even like them, but we use them bad enough. Lots of young people. No, we like them. And but we even see people get saved. Every weekend we're using them just about till we hit December. Listen to me. We wind up, we get there, we drop the trailer. He said, my people are already out. Here's you some flyers. Here's you some tracks from the church. Go get them. Y'all sign some more people up. We got to see a house full tomorrow. We don't get around the corner. My kids are in the van with me. And David's the first one that pops up. He said, Dad, they're mine. Let me out. I slam on the brakes. We're passing. We're in town. And we're passing this little quick stop, one stop, little mom and pop's place. You see them around. And, 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 he, and, and I didn't see them. He had good eyes. He said, those kids are mine. He jumps out. He said, y'all stay in the van. Talking to his brothers and sisters. I got them by myself. He had his tracks ready. He was ready, buddy. He, was out, he jumped out of that van before I stopped it. He was out. That little boy's quick. And he tears into him, and the, he gives a track to that lady. And this lady says, I, ain't, I don't want this. Starts to hand it back and everything. I don't believe in God. I'm an atheist. What do you think about that, boy? He said, I don't want to hear this. He said, she looked over at our van. And she saw the tinted windows, and we was all looking on out. We shouldn't have been staring, you know, but we was looking to see whether he's going to get to get them or not. And she looked, and she was just out of disgust. She goes, I don't know, I'm not like y'all. I believe in letting my kids make up their own mind about what they want to believe. I don't force religion down my kids' throat. I just let them decide for themselves. Well, when he said that, little David goes, he's thinking, oh, that means you want me to witness to your kids and let them make a decision on their own. And he goes over and gives them a track, and boy, he starts tears into them. She had to let him do it because she told him she believed in liberty, huh? And she had it, and so he gives them, and boy, he goes through the plan of salvation. I think one, maybe both of them got saved. My wife was, and and we took off. My my girl, the, his sisters go, Dad, I want to get me somebody. I want to get me. He ain't going to get all the fish. Let me go get him. So we, uh, we don't want to keep staring at him. We'll spook the fish. So we tore, tore off, and we got about three or four blocks into that city and in and, and the residential section. You wouldn't believe it. We pull in there, and there's two four-wheelers in this front yard coming at each other like they're playing chicken. Well, 30, 40 miles an hour, you can get them things going. They're coming at each other, and right at the last minute, they dodge each other, and they do figure eights. My kids are about to jump out of the van. They said, Dad, I want on that four-wheeler. Get me a four-wheeler. I said, I can't afford it. And I said, you ain't never getting on one of them things till you lead them people to Christ. 
And they said, Dad, here's my track. I got my tracks. The two girls are out the van before Andrew, and they pulled, there was two, it was two boys on one, on one four-wheeler coming at their sister on the other four-wheeler. I don't know. I wouldn't have wanted to go against that sister driver. Amen? And so she, amen. So they're coming each, and they're different. I think it's illegal to have, have you know, a racetrack, dirt track in your front yard, but they, it was a residential section. And then, and they did, but they did it. And, man, they were having fun. My girls got out and stopped one of them over here and stopped the other two over here and let them start 15, 20 minutes later. They got saved. The parents come out and started listening. And, what, what, and when they got saved and prayed the prayer, Catherine said, the one boy gave me his name. He said, you been to ask my brother his name. What's his name? His name is, my name's Cross. And with his dad, I think, standing there, he says, my mom and dad named me Cross because they said Jesus died on a cross. But I don't know anything about him. And I didn't know there was a heaven and a hell till you told me today. And I didn't know that he died in my place and what he did on the cross. And he's kind of, he gets saved. He got saved. His name was Cross, but he didn't even, he's that close to getting saved, but he didn't even know about what, what happened on the cross and why it mattered. You say, well, they probably didn't mean it. Abby led her, hers to Christ, and Catherine led. They probably, they probably didn't but because they were five minutes late for Sunday school the next morning. And in that church, it's packed, they, they came in there, and they sat on the front row, on the second row, and they walked in a tad late, and Mom and Dad and all four young people came, came in that, sat down in that service, sat in the whole service, and the invitation was given. They came forward and made it public that they got saved. You know what that was? Somebody was risking it to get the biscuit. You got to risk it to get the business. I was saying something. My wife, she led a 103-year-old lady to Christ in Ocala, Florida. 103 years old. She cares about young people. She cares about teenage girls. And she got to talking to some of them on soul winning. And then they said, their little sisters got saved too. And they said, you need to talk to my great, great, great grandma. She's around the other side of the house. And on the front of the house, on the side, on the street going that way, is just sitting in a rocking chair, this 103-year-old lady gets saved. You know what it was? Somebody had to take a chance. Somebody had to say, I'm going to do something. I ain't, I ain't never tried before. I want to try. I want to see. I want to do X. I'm doing exploit when's the last time you did something for Jesus for the first time we're in a city Wednesday night well, we get pulled in they get us a prophet's chamber 5 o'clock my wife says can you run to Walmart and get us two, three or four items you know what I do whatever mama says amen we do a honeydew list you guys y'all never do that but boy I did and gotta keep mama happy amen Hey, listen to me. Mama ain't happy nobody happy and so we, me and I said Andrew come on let's go let's get away from the girls he got, jumps in the van with me. We take off. We go get the list. We come back, good little boys. It's not even six yet. On the way back, Andrew sees two boys shooting a basket in their front yard on one of these portable goals. They're all over America. These two teen boys, about 16, 17-year-old boys, he's about to jump out of his skin. He said, Dad, I want to play basketball. I said, we've got to get ready for church. He said, it won't take long. I said, we've got our tracks. We've got to get them first. We get out and we start doing tag team soul winning. <laughs> and and I, I, I quote a verse and Andrew quotes a verse. Both boys are lost and they know it. They want to get saved. And we start, these are the two easiest boys we ever led to Christ. 20 minutes later, they bow their head and pray and ask Christ to save them. Ask this boy his name. He says, here's my name. Ask the other boy his name. He said, uh, my name is, uh, <laughs> my name's Clark. And he goes, ask him his last name. His friend goes, my name is, last name is Kent. Clark, Kent, you're kidding me. How old are you, 16? 
I want to see your driver's license. You're messing with me, man. Y'all are messing with me. He said, I want to see your license. He pulled his license out and said, Clark Kent. Clark Kent got saved. Can you believe it? We talk about Spider-Man. We're talking Clark Kent now. Clark Kent got saved. And me and Andrew was laughing about that thing. You say, hey, he probably didn't mean it. They probably didn't, but both of them came to church that night and got baptized at the close of that service that night with their parents' permission. You know what that was? Take a chance. Take a chance. Open your mouth. Pass out a track. Our family, we're trying to memorize the New Testament together as a family. Andrew, we lost our chief cook and bottle washer this morning because Andrew's a top scripture quarter, but the others are right behind him. The others, I mean, we got to have Andrew. He can't even talk this morning. Pray he'll get better by tonight. Hey, hey, listen to me. You know what we're trying to do? We're trying to do something a little extra because it's fourth quarter. Amen. It's fourth quarter, folks. Yep. Look at the clock. It's called clock management. Yep. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. We're down in Georgia two weeks ago, two Sundays ago. The pastor, I'm through when I tell this story. The pastor calls me on Tuesday. He said, y'all still coming? Yeah, it's been on the schedule for a year. He said, good. He said, but there's a hurricane coming right to our city, way across Georgia, right above Jacksonville. I said, a hurricane? I didn't look at the weather.com. He goes, uh, well, come on. He said, let's trust God. And he said, God's going to help us. He said, we've already taken a risk on this meeting. And he said, we're buying turkeys for 25 families. We've already purchased the turkeys and a, and a box of groceries for 25 visiting families. He said, but then we're going to get drenched. Get here tonight. I said, okay, I'll leave in the morning. We got there at 15 minutes till 7, preached that night. The people were excited. We're going soul winning tomorrow, and it's pouring rain. We're going to go indoors. We're going to go inside of Walmart. We're going to go inside of Lowe's. Now, that's like my kind of store, Home Depot. Amen for guys. And we're going to go inside a mall. That's like where my girls like to go, huh? And we're going to pass out flyers and invite people. We're not going to let that stop us. That night, we went again. They were having a big fair. They thought they would get out of thousands of those flyers in that fair. They'd already printed them off. It was rained out. Biggest thing they had all that year in that city. The next, next day, it's still raining. Friday night, it clears off. They opened the fair late, but at about 8 o'clock, it opened. We got in there. We got about 1,000 of those flyers out. We still didn't think we were going to get 25 families. Saturday, we're going all day. We have a youth rally, 10 churches there. I preached that youth rally that night. He tells me, y'all jump on those inflatables. We got to go. We got to get out flyers. Y'all can just jump as long as you want to. Just deflate them before you leave. We never seen them do that. He said, we got to get these flyers out. They're already printed. We have already made investment. The turkeys are going to, these people are going to kill me if we don't get, the, we don't get 25 families. We got to the fair. There were 5,000 people at the fair coming in from all around. We got out there. We passed them out till late that night. We got to the house the next day. Man, we wouldn't believe it. We seen people come in there. This church took a chance. Did we get to 25? They had 41 visiting families. This past, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. The pastor just said, let's do it. And he said, we're not going to let something like a hurricane stop us. It blew through. They'd seen them before. But I had, you run from a hurricane. You don't drive into a hurricane. I run away from them, amen? And, man, we seen people getting saved. We had 22 adults got saved that morning, and not counting others. And we thank God. You know, I'm not trying to be a rebu- I'm trying to encourage you. The door is open right now. The devil and his team are busy. They're working day and night. Are you listening? Hey, how about let's do something as God's people and do some exploits and risk it? 
get the biscuit. Let's stand. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.